This is This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod. I'm Paul Stevenson. Today is May the 19th and will start on this day in 1986 when former Genesis frontman Peter Green released the album that would see him fully transition from cult performer to household name with the release of his album So. It was his fifth studio album and it went five times platinum in the US and New Zealand and three times platinum in the UK and Australia and of course contained his smash hit Sledgehammer. On this day in 1979, two months after they got married, Eric Clapton and Patty Boyd finally held a wedding reception. In a break during his touring, the couple celebrated with many rock star friends, of course, and actually saw Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr perform together for the first time in about a decade. Also taking their turns on the small stage at the party were Ginger Baker and Mick Jagger. This day in history was also a day for car problems, too. On this day in 1988, James Brown was arrested for the fifth time in 12 months following a car chase near his home. He was charged with assault, resisting arrest and being in charge of illegal weapons. He ended up with a six-year jail sentence. On this day in 1980, Ringo Starr and his future wife were involved in a car crash less than half a mile from where Mark Bolan was killed. Thankfully, Ringo and his partner were not seriously injured, but the car was a write-off. And on this day in 1976, Keith Richards crashed his car after falling asleep at the wheel. Marijuana and cocaine were found by police, which resulted in another fine for the Rolling Stones man. But for today's main show then, we're going to focus on the release of an iconic song. Yes, on this day in 1978, Dire Straits released their debut single, the now legendary Sultans of Swing. The song that shouldn't really have been a hit, it was very long, was recorded in a small studio and took quite a while to catch on, but it remains the band's signature tune to this day. Now here on Vintage Rock Pod, I've spoken with three members of Dire Straits. John Ilsley, twice. He's the only man who played in the band all the way through alongside Mark Knopfler. There was Alan Clark, keyboard player in the 80s, and the original drummer as well, Pick Withers. Now for this one, I'm going to play a short clip from that interview with Pick from episode 12 of Vintage Rock Pod. And this is where he talks in detail about the early days of the band and this song. I had been working with a guy called uh, Rab Noakes, who, who uh, we mentioned prior to the interview, and he was working with a guy called Rod Clements on bass. Rod had been in a group called Lindisfarne, big Geordie band, and uh, he introduced me to Cy Cow, who was a fellow member of Lindisfarne, and he had a big house in North London, and he would rent rooms to musicians. So he rented me a room, and one day Mark came round because Cy had a, a Rebox, a reel-to-reel tape recorder, and he was wanted to, Mark wanted to put some ideas down. I happened to be in that day. And I offered to put some uh, percussion hand type things, not a drum kit per mm-hmm. se. That was it really. It was just what I would do in a normal course of events if there was anything going. And then he knocked on the door about six months later and said, oh, remember me? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he said I've got a band. Will you come and play with us? And, and I went down to Deptford. And there was uh, John and uh, Mark's brother, David. And it kind of evolved out of that, really. And that whole rehearsal culminated in making a, a demo, which I suggested we go to a place called Pathway to use because it was cheap and had a good reputation. And then John had access to Charlie Gillett, who's a disc jockey come rock and roll chronicler, who's very respected in, in the music business. And he said, I, 
I think I can get Charlie Gillett to listen to this, which he duly did because he had a radio show in those times. Charlie did. But he was very cute. He said, look, lads, um, thank you. I will listen to the tape. He said, I won't listen to it while you're here, but I, w- I do promise I will listen to it and I will give you a reaction. So mm-hmm. what he did, he, he did duly listen to the tape. What he didn't tell us um, was that he was so taken with the Sultans, which was on the tape, that he and, and the day we happened to visit him in his house, um, he was compiling his playlist and his timings to to make his 90-minute Sunday lunchtime program. And he said he spent a lot of the time rejigging his playlist in order to accommodate Sultans of Swing. And we didn't really uh, know any of this until it had already happened. And people, we, I think we were out of town playing somewhere. And people said, oh, we heard you on the radio. I said, that can't be true. But, uh, so we phoned Charlie. Yeah, I played you. And he said, what's more, when I did play you, I got this reaction. And then basically uh, somebody from a record company phoned, some, uh, a lawyer phoned, and somebody, an agent phoned. And this kind of created like a, a snowball effect. We noticed that people, faces we didn't recognise were coming to gigs that we were playing at. And that culminated in a, in a recording contract for Phonogram. And then we made the, the first record, which was basically the backlog of Mark's best songs so far in his life, you know. Uh, and that just took off. We didn't take off immediately. In, in fact, in England, it was very hard to get it away, so to speak. There were all kinds of yeah. obstacles. Radio wouldn't play it, said it was too long. Other radio stations said it's too wordy. But basically what happened was the record began to sell in America and there was a radio show on Radio 2 that actually played the top 20 or top 40 even in America on Sunday. And I think it was Paul Gambaccini or something like that played it. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, this LP we'd made, been out for ages in England, done nothing. It was in the charts in America. So... They began to play it in this chart show format, and all of a sudden, the, the whole thing was broken open, and, and people began to began to play it in England. They thought we were American. And I'll be back tomorrow with more on this day, rock goodness. So until then, take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.